Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma and Brian E. Roach. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and hey, 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 we're here with part two of everything this week. That's do, not two. That's a that's a different language, my friend. One and only Mr. Briny Roach. What's going on, man? Are you uh hot shots part do type of guy? <laughs> don't 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 talk French to me. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't like that language. No. I spent I spent two years of dealing with that language in high school and all I did was shine lights off of my bald instructor's forehead with a mirror. <laughs> hey, I had uh, my teacher in high school for French. I had three years, by the way, because we were required three or two and two, and I wasn't really going to double up on uh, on Spanish. Our, our foreign language teachers were all like quirky. That's the best way I could put it. And, it's a viable point. They really were. Uh, this lady was also Greek, and I think uh, Greek is a first language, so try teaching uh, French when you don't speak 100%. Uh, fluent enough English, but yeah, it was, it was fun enough. And then I had to deal with that, uh, as well in college, which was a lot more of a, a serious type of endeavor because it put you in this lab and we were still dealing even, uh, I, I mean, I'm really not that old, but the technology was old enough that we were recording our tests on cassette tapes. And I think we even were like, um, responsible with having to purchase those, for said course so it was uh it was kind of uh I, I i i strongly disliked it like high school it didn't bother me but taking like any of the foreign language classes in college were quite the uphill battle and another dude that's sitting around here as we jump uh as we could jump like right into this uh another dude that may have been around for cassette tapes or you know uh eight tracks perhaps even Tom Brady's finally gone. I think so. I think he's finally gone. Uh, Brian, you think he's finally gone? Is this it? Is he finally calling it quits? I mean, this is, I, I like how the media, the sports media, they, they kind of roasted him by saying Tom Brady retires for a second time. <laughs> Which, yes, they did. Yeah, I think that was pretty good. Uh, to answer your question, I will believe he's gone when the next football season starts and he's not playing somewhere. Now, that being said, my gut says he's done this time. I he's he's got to not really have any great desire to start over again with some other team. Tampa Bay flat out wasn't very good um with him. You know, I I I just yeah. I think at some point you you go I got better things to do. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what? Does he though? <laughs> I mean, this guy, I, for all intents and purposes, it looks like he risked. What are you his, talking his about? He's got to find a new woman. <laughs> I mean, that, that shouldn't be hard, even at his accelerated uh, age, his his old balls. If we were doing a manscaped show here, <laughs> he'll probably be okay with all the money he's made, even though he's taken quote discounts to stay with the teams that he stayed with and whatnot. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, I, I'm glad they roasted him for one, uh, for that reason, retiring a second time, age 45, man. I mean, geez, wh who's the only guy left that probably plays older than that is like a George Blander or something outside of like even kickers, even kickers aren't lasting that long. I think Vinatieri was pretty close and, you know, he was over the hill, uh, in his last season or two as they kept dragging him out there. 
Um, yes, he was. Yeah, you know, um, but does he get the itch, though? Is it like in the middle of the season, you know, he's training camp's done with and he doesn't, um, maybe things aren't working out with his new fling. Does he get the itch to come back? Is there a team that has an injury? Does Josh McDaniels, his former OC, uh, give him a um, get, uh, a text or a call on the, on the, on the bat phone, on the break glass in case of emergency, because they're probably moving away from Derek Carr for everything that we hear. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I, I will tell you this one thing. I'm glad he played one more season only for this in in this one reason. And somebody will say just like the same I, way. I, I bet you I know what it is. Go for it. It'll be the same reason you said you didn't want to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. It's because I don't want him getting put into the Hall of Fame the same year as Ben is. Now he can't. Or or completely pushing Ben out of the picture, which would be ridiculous because what they yes, put two, they would have to put two quarterbacks in. And Tom Brady kind of closes the chapter on a um on a on a pretty select group of quarterbacks that were all playing in one period of time uh including ben drew Brees, eli manning i'm gonna forget somebody in this too drew Brees, I eli manning probably should include peyton. his brother yeah instead of peyton him. no there's one more <laughs> well there's one more in there and it wasn't uh joe flacco eli was, i mean he'll probably get in but eli really wasn't that great uh that's it that's a pretty interesting topic of discussion in and of itself is whether or not eli yeah he wasn't really all that great but when you win a couple we're rings gonna, we're gonna do just a general football podcast now start a new one because i'm not talking about <laughs> eli manning on this podcast <laughs> no 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 um that's not um that that's not my intent by mentioning it uh but yeah somebody will be like hey what about so and so there were you know well uh philip rivers that's who we're missing so it's kind of oh, an yeah. end of an era, and you could probably throw Rodgers in there after a year or two also. He was only drafted one year after Ben and Rivers and, and Manning, so he was a 20 uh, or, or two, 2005, I want to say. And he may, he may be gone now, too. It, there's a chance he retires this year. Yeah, there really there really is. So um, in saying that, I am. I'm selfish. I don't care. I'll admit to it. I'll fess up. I do not want them to sharing the spotlight. So now Ben gets to share his own spotlight, which kind of leads to our next topic of discussion is, is still we're rewinding a little bit with a quarterback centric show today. Okay. And just kind of talking about planning post Ben Roethlisberger and people had been putting Ben six feet under for the better part of five, six years prior to us just talking about it right now. It seemed like it was every single topic, uh, every other show that we had for a number of years. Every time we entered the NFL draft, it was, are the Steelers going to draft a quarterback? Are they um, Are they going to sign this guy? Are they going to do this? And it, uh, there's people, there's, there's still some talk. We still got some talk kind of even with uh, this year as to whether or not who's going to be the backup quarterback now. But I mean, geez, oh man, that's not really, that's not a real big topic of discussion when you're just talking about a backup. Everybody wants their whole team to be full of all-stars and all pros and pro bowl guys. And yeah. it just, it doesn't work that way. So, I mean, I don't want to ever see the backup quarterback. So in that sense, I don't yeah. want to really care who the backup quarterback is, but I know all the him Han when it was like Landry Jones and then Bruce Gretkowski and then Michael Vick and all these guys got the play a couple games or whatever. And Mike Tomlin's shown he could win even with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges and ugh, God forbid Mitch Trubisky with uh, Art Rooney talking about him potentially coming back. But do you think the Steelers followed the right process? I don't, I don't want to get into the exact any picket draft pick just yet, but just as the flow of 
with we talked about this many times before if they drafted somebody well why didn't they take lamar jackson well lamar jackson was never going to play ahead of ben and he would have been off the roster practically already you know what i mean so that you think yeah. they i think they took the proper path they're lucky it worked out the way it did but i still think they took the proper path in not just drafting a guy like jordan love was sitting there on the Packers bench for how long? And now you're going to, you just gave a guy a raise up to 50 million a year last year. And now you're talking about gutting the entire team because you didn't get the results that you've had in the last previous. So two or three seasons. Yeah. Look, you know, I mean, they took the guy that they liked at the point that they took him because he was still there. Quarterbacks had not flown off of the board during that last draft. So you're sitting at 20 and all of them are there. So they have their pick of guys. Now, if that draft plays out differently, right, and quarterbacks start flying off the board early on, do they draft a quarterback? I don't know. Um, I, you know, I, it's it's the confluence of events that just kind of all happened at the right time and place, so that they got the guy they wanted to get um, at the point when they could get him. It's not how things usually pan out, right? You, you know, you don't want to be drafting at 20 when you're looking for a quarterback. You want to be drafting top 10. And, you know, it, that's just the way it normally flows. This was, that was, last season was a freak of nature. I don't even know how far back you have to go in an NFL drafts to not have a quarterback go off the board until 20. Or even further back, uh, G yeah. Gino Smith, probably second round. What was that? Maybe EJ Manuel was the only guy who went about the same area, 16, 17. I'll actually look that up here in a second because I was going to look at all of the, uh, some of the previous drafts. We, we, we beat the dead horse on quarterbacks for various, various many years. And you hit the nail on the head as far as Kenny Pickett falling where he did. I mean, you go back and you look at, Let's see. Eagles got the number eight overall pick for the with the Dolphins receiving Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso, which may seem inconsequential now because this was 2016, the number 13 overall pick. And then they also made some wheeling and dealing with the Cleveland Browns on top of this because uh, they, they had to move up to number two. The Browns got number eight overall, a 2016 third round pick, a 2016 fourth round pick, a 2017 first round pick and a 2018 second round pick. And that's a lot of picks. That's almost looking like a mock draft insanity type situation, but this really happened. This is reality. And um, as we, as we look ahead, let me see the trade between the uh, well, and eh, this was Rams and lions, but the uh, even here, it was uh, kind of like a salary dump and you're trading around Matt Stafford. Jared Goff was pretty much in the same type of territory as these other guys where you're trading multiple picks. Trey Lance, Trey Lance is also in this kind of category. And did you hear about Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy needing Tommy John surgery. I mean, I, I know oh, yeah. I was dumping on the guy saying, you know, he's Mr. Irrelevant. He, he probably doesn't have a major, might not have a major future in the league. His teams get film on him and there's a full whatever, but he might've competed for this starting job with Trey Lance, who's done nothing. And it yep. and, and cost the, um, the 49ers. Let me see here in order to move up the 49ers in order to move up 
to number three overall. They sent their 2021, 2022, and 2023 first round picks and a 2022 compensatory third round selection, which was pick 102 overall, in order to get Trey Lance, who is a guy, and I love my FCS football, but North Dakota State, guy that uh, didn't really play a whole lot even that particular year he was drafted because of the COVID season and FCS with the spring season he missed he missed an extra season of football in college for his development he gets hurt here they said they don't want Jimmy Garoppolo back so the whole thing with Kenny falling here is to kind of just put into perspective uh, not just what you're saying about the Steelers being uh, lucky or fortunate that he was there at pick 20 but it's because it, it well it is because of pick 20 they didn't have to yeah. give up any picks they didn't have to send any they players they didn't do anything but just sit there and kenny pickett looks like he'll at least be an effective nfl quarterback he might not be a, pro, a future hall of famer he not may be the greatest of all time they might move away from him three four years down the road but look at like look at a guy like andy dalton andy dalton at least put the bengals into postseason contention they won no. some division titles with him i'm not saying i want kenny pickett to be andy dalton because i think andy dalton stunk please no <laughs> please no but still andy dalton was a second round pick so when the steelers aren't giving up all of this for just a gamble and a crapshoot for guys like carson wentz now going to be on what like uh, he's on his third team if he's going to even stick there with the washington commanders and jared goff actually doing a little bit better because the lions are tailoring the, their offense and everything to him so I, I think yep. the Steelers, they really did, they really did luck out in this whole grand scheme of things. I think it's um I think it's a really, really um kind of cool thing that we don't have to discuss, and we will discuss a little bit about this year, but they don't have to have those particular headaches to look forward to. They may have already gotten their guy. As far as a backup, somebody else is gonna get cut somewhere, whether it's a case oh, yeah. case Keenum or somebody on that type of um that type of spiel there, Brian. So as we kind of roll into this and kind of go forward, um previous quarterback picks, and we've had a lot of fun with this over yeah. over previous I just years. Did a, by the way, I just did a quick look. Okay. EJ Manuel was the sixteenth overall pick in the draft. Yikes, man. Yikes. Okay. I could not find a draft going. I went back as far as 2001 where a quarterback was not picked in the top 10 or within ahead of where Pickett was picked. I I think that is a, a unicorn of an event. Yeah, it really, it it truly is. I'll be honest. I barely looked. I mean, I browsed, so I didn't validate that everybody listed in this article that I found was was definitely there but the most of them i don't think there's any doubt and a lot of them god a slew of them were picked with the first pick or people did exactly what you're talking about gave up all kinds of crap to move up to get them high because that's their guy and and look quarterback is an important position and i know people are going to say this is a a statement on the quarterbacks that were out in that particular draft. And maybe that's true, but it's also potentially a state of, of where the, the game has moved to and what people thought was more important that year or just a flux of most everybody thought they had their quarterback. And we got lucky in the fact that the Steelers were like, we don't, and we like him and we're taking him. 
yeah, I'm totally with you. And there's, I mean, I was even going back to um, last last year. At this time, there was still Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph as potential. Uh, you're talking about post Ben planning. Dwayne Haskins was like a 16th or 17th overall pick too. When I go and pull up some of these lists, yeah. unfortunately, no longer with us. May he rest in peace. But this was another one where the Steelers were thinking reclamation project, much much like a reclamation project with Mitch Trubisky, second overall pick uh, in his quarterback class. Which class was that? That was 2017. That was the year before Baker Mayfield, right. uh, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, and now um, who's the other one that I'm trying to think of? Uh, Sam Darnold was the other one in that draft class. And uh, what did I just name? Three guys in the first round that are probably – no longer NFL starting Probably quarterbacks done. Yeah. Uh, done 2023. So yeah, there's, and there's a number, a number of these throughout the years. And I'm trying to, um, I, I, I could go back as far as even last year where I was talking about avoiding a first round, uh, draft pick. And we were talking about whether or not this was a good draft class, Matt Coral or Matt Corral. I'm sorry. Desmond Ritter, was uh, in the talks, Malik Willis. And, the, and you look back at this, and then who's going to be available at pick 20? The previous year before that, you had five quarterbacks taken in the, previ- in, in the top 15 picks. You had Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. How comfortable are you feeling about maybe Lawrence? Maybe Lawrence has turned a co- corner, better coach, a team that's spent a lot of money and had a lot of high picks. You might feel a little bit better about that, but what about the other guys? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, Fields is doing it with his legs, and you know we're Buckeyes fans. I know Mac Jones got them, uh, got the Patriots into the playoffs last year, and they were similar to the Steelers in like a game or so out. That's more function of the defense that the Patriots had that year than it is of Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love when you call them that. And uh, we were talking about teams that may have needed a quarterback in the same uh, in the same kind of essence as would they have gone after Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett was head and shoulders, the guy to go after. The Texans might have needed a quarterback. The Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks. We're talking about the Commanders. Uh, talking about the New Orleans Saints. Nobody, nobody pulled the trigger. Now I know the Falcons and the Panthers got guys like later on, like Sam Howell. They're already talking about being the guy next year, which could be scary unless they actually did get uh, a real steal of a draft choice there. And uh, I can't, I can't be positive that, that they did. Um, right. Uh, yeah. And there's, and there's plenty more past first round picks. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes that worked out Mitch Trubisky. Not so much is Deshaun Watson now with another new team. Is he still got anything left in the tank? How about Paxton Lynch, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Mariota and Winston one and two in their respective drafts. Blake Bortles, third overall. Blake Bortles, the legend that <coughs> Jamar- is Jamarcus Russell. <coughs> Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> I, you know what? I have a very special. I you know why I don't mention Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus. Well, Jamarcus Russell isn't was part of the previous CBA. And he got he got a bag of money based on his college experience, and that's what uh, that's what pissed off a lot of the veterans at this point, and said, "Shouldn't wait. That money should be allocated more here in case you have another bust out like him." Now, bust out in the fact of I don't know if this guy just didn't care about his legacy and just he got the money and that was it. I put in enough in college. I'm a millionaire. I don't care what my reputation is in, in the annals of the National Football League. 
And from that, from that kind of viewpoint, I'm just kind of like, okay, that's fine with me. I'll take the money and my money and run too. But yeah, he stunk. And the, the legend that has it with him, wasn't it like they gave him a VHS tape or a film tape or a DVD or something. And it was blank. And they asked him what was on it and he lied about it and said, Oh yeah, I watched I the film. A, a, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the legend that is Jamarcus Russell. So uh, that that changed the game. So you're talking about pre at least 2012 or so, where I don't I, I don't succumb to mentioning names before that because it was a whole different bottle of wax. Well, Although you the could. The problem is that's it's still my point is keep going back, and every year somebody takes a flyer on a quarterback high every year. Um, and and yeah, you start to get back to you know to really kind of. Mark Malone, okay, to you know, to pull a Steelers name out of the hat, um, you know, you start to get guys that are, you just like, wow, that guy went that high. But that's the point. The, the position is so important, and it always has been, that it's such a rarity that the first quarterback would go that low. Yeah, um, I have more names to add to this list beyond Blake Bortles. There was Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, EJ Manuel, who we mentioned. Okay, Andrew Luck, top of the draft. Pretty much like surefire, this is the guy you're taking. Just like Lawrence, we're going to get to the other guy in a second. Uh, RG3, Ryan Tannehill, and Brandon Whedon. There are a boatload. Oh, a name out of Cleveland lore, Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Hey, that, <laughs> the that, savior. That, the that, savior. He was older than, he was like 26 years old when he came out yeah. of college. That's the only yeah. reason why I thought he might have been actually halfway decent is thinking um, that was kind of the thought with Kenny starting right away, too. Oh, was Kenny, 24? Yeah, let me, so, let me just tell you. Uh, speaking as a man of age, age doesn't matter. You have to be good at what you do to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. And I mean, uh, Oklahoma, he was another Oklahoma State Cowboy, too, was he not? Brandon Whedon, just like Mason Rudolph. I, He's in the long oh, lineage of awesome quarterbacks <laughs> to come out of uh, uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you know what? <laughs> He's still on the list. <laughs> and I think that gets us all the way to like about 2012 or whatever. What'd you just do? I scored. What the just can happened? went the can. Hey, <laughs> don't, don't quit. Don't quit your day job, man. Uh, Two points. <laughs> I'm awesome. <laughs> you got it. Oh man. That's just, that's too good. And you've got starting quarterbacks in the league who were taken outside of the first round too. And it's not usually the best of track records, but you do have the Derek cars, the Dak Prescott's that fell and just relying on that. I mean, Russell Wilson, who was one of my favorite guys up until he just stunk up the joint. And how about that? Sean Payton going there to the Broncos, but there's a team. I don't want to talk about that. There's a team right there. They signed Flacco. What Keenum after Keenum had that hot run with the Vikings. They tried drafting Paxton Lynch. They had Brock Osweiler who left, came back. Um, just, uh, just all sorts of bad since Peyton Manning. And I don't think they've been to a play uh, in the playoffs since Peyton Manning retired, let alone win a playoff game. So there's a team with a real yeah. drought and a lot of problems. I mentioned Lynch, but also drew Locke. Like now we're starting to get into a position where, you know, we can start to talk about guys that were drafted. Oh, say, uh, 2020 draft, 2020, 19 draft, even 2018. We've already kind of, um, uh, glossed over a little bit. That was Lamar Jackson's class, but Kyler Murray at the top of this class in 2019 and now all the money he makes, you're not going to convince me that he's worth 
what he's got. And there's another team that they took a quarterback with Josh Rosen the year before, and then can their coach and their quarterback and went and got somebody else entirely. You've got uh, Tua is not part of this class, but Tua is starting to edge into that, whether or not he's been, uh, was worth his draft value, so to speak. Uh, yeah, this is the draft that had Dwayne Haskins 15th overall when I'm talking about 2019. And that was it. Uh, I don't see another. Oh, Daniel Jones. There's another guy with the with the Giants. And it's kind of funny because we're mentioning like all the guys that are kind of like this class of uh, guys that are left in their 40s, like Drew Brees and Big Ben and Tom Brady and both of the Manning brothers and stuff. And you think about like, I was just like thinking the guys I grew up with because somebody said, oh, my childhood's gone. And I was like, wow, like that makes me feel old because my childhood, I would have been thinking about like Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly, uh, John Elway, Steve Young. Uh, you could throw some other names in that mix too that don't always get the same amount of love, like Rich Gannon, for example, Boomer Esiason. Well, there was a lot of like pretty solid quarterbacks back then too. And you've got like a whole new regime, but over the course of the last decade, like, none of none of this none of this has been a sure thing and even 2020 which you know what brian might as well i'm gonna rip off i, I like to rip off the band-aid every now and then we're gonna jump into because people talk about how fortunate and how the how the bengals were oh look at how they turned everything around in one season and it's like yeah i had Who to that? suck everybody I, I, every time I'm on the radio or I watch something NFL Network and ESPN up up until they lose into Kansas City, my butt. Yeah, well, they <laughs> turned it around. Look at them; they were like the they were like the worst team in the league uh, two three years ago. And it's like, okay, they had to completely tank. And Joe Burrow uh, comes in, but for before Joe Burrow, Andy Dalton gets hurt, and because Andy Dalton's hurt, Andy Dalton's eligible to come back, and they just sat his ass on the bench. So they can make sure they were pretty much getting that top pick and getting Joe Burrow, which is a franchise changer. But when you take a guy number one overall, I don't think there's a whole lot of luck or good drafting. Oh, they drafted really well. Uh, does it take a lot to draft well when you have the top overall pick and you have this guy just staring you in the face? You would draft poorly if you didn't pick him. And that would be the same thing if the Browns had passed on even, let's say, Baker Mayfield or even Sam Darnold, who were considered top of their class back then, and didn't take a quarterback at all with their first top overall pick, which was something that was floated around because they had more than one pick. And over the various many years they had moved out of picks, moved around this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and could they have taken someone uh, who was maybe their guy was later in the draft? You know what I mean? Is it really good drafting that you landed Burrow with your first pick and then he gets hurt and your team still sucks and you happen to be uh, another top 10 pick and you take uh, Jamar Chase? I don't think yeah. that's good drafting at all. I don't think that's a blueprint that anybody should be bragging about other teams or or any team, even the Bengals just resulting in being a, a, a contender just because they dumb luck their way by sucking and getting top picks. I, I, I will tell you that uh, there's some truth to that, right? But you know, you can also, the, the flip side of that argument is going to be a lot of people have the top pick and blow it. Hello, Cleveland. Um, and they consistently <laughs> do that, right? Um, you know, hello Raiders. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, I'll give, I'll give the Browns credit for one thing. And I'd said this before and I'll say it again, that one year they had an opportunity. Do they take miles Garrett or not? 
and they took Miles they, Garrett. I will give the them right, credit for that one. They made the right choice that year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's, I guess what I'm getting at is you can screw up the top pick. So to say, how can you, you know, is it good? It still takes you to, to do your due diligence and make the right choice. Was Burrow guaranteed to be a success? Absolutely not. No one is, right? Um, you know, you hope, you you base it on what you see, you do your scouting. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from the fact that they did a nice job of making the picks that were there for them to make. But yes, you're absolutely right. What happens? They tank to get Joe Burrow, who everybody assumed was going to be really good. Then Burrow gets hurt, and they happen to get a top five pick, and they pick what everybody assumed would be the best wide receiver in that draft, who happened to play with Burrow in college, right? So you've got an instant chemistry. It's it is it it's a combination of luck. It's a combination of of doing what you should do in the time you're doing it. Like I don't want I don't want to poo-poo Cincinnati's ability to draft. They've gotten much better at what they're doing. Um, you know, they've made some good picks. They've made some good later round picks. I think that the new group that they have in there with, you know, the the coach and whatnot is is doing a much better job than what was going on prior. But yeah, there's still an element of luck that goes along with yeah. it. And it wasn't one year and all of a sudden we're great. <laughs> no, and it was uh outlasting a lot of teams in the postseason too, and remaining yeah. healthy had a, a a large, large um uh, part in this whole thing like and you know i was talking about this and it was we were looking or i was kind of discussing we could even start talking about like the 2020 draft because now you've had 20 21 and 22 seasons three seasons behind you hopefully within two more seasons we can we can like effectively say as to whether or not kenny pickett is or isn't the guy or whether you start yeah. to get cold feet on him and you start to think well should they go in a different direction? And that was, you know, Joe Burrow's draft here with Chase Young. And the following year, you got to give him a little bit of credit with Jamar Chase because everybody had them pegged to take like Penny Swell or uh, offensive lineman. And I, you could argue they make the Super Bowl because they took Jamar Chase, or they lost the Super Bowl because Super Bowl because they didn't have an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow, and he got tattooed as much as he got tattooed, and he's done well under pressure. Hey, look, you know what? We've said this. I mean, you and I aren't Burrow haters by any means. But no, I'm gonna I'm also gonna call out the Bengals organization for having been cheap, stingy, and making stupid moves like drafting John Ross in the past. That Jamar Chase pick looked like another one of those almost like you mentioned the Raiders too. Al Davis and just let me take the the fastest wide receiver that's available and try and have this vertical game with Jeff George, whoever might be your gunslinger quarterback. But in this class with Burrow, you have uh Tua Tagovailoa, you have Justin Herbert, and then you have Jordan Love. First round pick 26th overall to the Green Bay Packers, who's for all intents and purposes, hasn't played any meaningful football. And you don't know if he'll be any good. How good would you have felt if the Steelers would have done that? Let's say in 2017, they would have done that and didn't take TJ Watt. That would have been a huge, huge team building what are you mistake. Talking about, I got mad when they wasted a third round pick on Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's true. And that's just because you're a hater. Mark Caballi no, is actually not, making a big. 
Caballi is making a big push. One of these Steelers beat writers for the athletic making a big push to re-sign Mason. I think I'm like, would Mason be crazy? I mean, he probably could have a job for life as a Steelers oh, backup. If he stays he around. absolutely could. And I don't like being I'm, out of the league. Yeah. I don't hate that idea depending on what he's willing to take, you know, but if somebody's going to throw money at him, which often happens as a quarterback, right. Um, to take a chance and say, well, you know, Mason's had some starts. He, he, you know, he he was helpful to get them to an eight and eight season when Ben got hurt. Um, and if he hadn't got hurt, maybe they would have been nine and seven and they might have won a playoff game. Who knows? I mean, he could sell it, right? Um, and and I'm not gonna overpay to have him sit there, but I don't like I've said all along. Mason is Mason Rudolph is a good backup quarterback. He's not a starter, and I don't think he ever will be. Um, but if somebody wants to pay him starter money, hey. Good for you, Mason. I'm good with that. You know, that's a good question for you. And I haven't quite got gotten into all of this yet as far as looking at who might be available in free agency. But would you rather have Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph as your backup in 2023? Uh, I'm going to like you, you're going to hate what I'm about to say. Mm. He couldn't beat out Mitch Trubisky. So I'm fine with Mitch if Mitch is there. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's beat up. I know. I know. I know you're going to argue it, but he couldn't beat Mitch Trubisky. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think it's a beat Mitch Trubisky. It's the same thing like people were saying with Duck at one time. And it's like, okay, Duck happened to come in. Duck still got benched for Mason. Mason had an opportunity to perhaps play, uh, what was that, Carolina Panthers game, like week 14, week 15, or whatever, whenever um, Kenny got knocked out by Roquan Smith. Yeah. But, was, yeah. But you've had a whole offseason where you've used or had Mitch Trubisky taking the starter. For lack of better terms, we, we've we loosely used that term because there was a quarterback competition. But he was your number one. He played as your number one starting the first three games of the season and had already relief pitched against uh, the win against the Buccaneers and then what was a terrible outing with the Ravens. And it left some doubt in your mind as to whether or not this is the guy you want as your backup. And I, I don't, th I think that was more of a hesitancy of Mason hasn't played all year. Let's just go with the devil. We certainly do know and work around that and try and, and secure a win versus I'm just putting Mason this up on there. You. I know you, it. I know you are. And it's, it's, I'm going to tell you it's fair and it's fair. It's that Mason's been there X number of years. And at the when Ben retired, you didn't go, Oh, we're okay. We got Mason. Mason can ride it. We can ride with Mason until Kenny's ready. No, you went, uh, no, that ain't going to work. Well, it, it, <laughs> it goes back to what we were talking about with all of these other picks. And even you might land a car or somebody or like a Dak Prescott in a later round. And a lot of people that that's the way we felt with the Steelers looking at Mason Rudolph. If you remember the whole draft Twitter bullshit that goes around, <laughs> can't call it anything else, especially right now. Like, oh, yeah. When, when you have mock drafts and the playoffs haven't even gone, and you don't even know what the playoff seating is yet. That's absolutely just, it's asinine. And I, and I, I just won't, I won't deal with it. Uh, I won't entertain the thought of it whatsoever. So uh, you could get somebody later. And a lot of people had a first round grade. They had Mason Rudolph going ahead of other people, even Lamar Jackson, they even had Lamar Jackson going to the Steelers. That's a guy maybe that you develop. Oh, okay. It didn't work out. Can you imagine if they would have blown like Jordan love and they blow like a first round pick or a Trey Lance, and they blow a first round pick. It's, these are kind of moves that set the 
franchises back by several years because it takes that long to develop and see if the guy is the guy. And yeah. okay, so he wasn't the guy and they and they insured, okay, Trubisky, we still have Rudolph. They signed him for another year. They kept him there. It'd been interesting if Dwayne Haskins was still with us, if Dwayne Haskins would have made QB3 or not ahead of Mason. Uh, he wasn't any more athletic, I think, than Mason. A lot of people just think because, you know, he's a black quarterback that he had some wheels on him. He wasn't. He was a pocket no. passer. So pocket passer. that Absolutely. argument was always out. And they want a guy that can move around like Trubisky. But I think I would still feel more comfortable. I think Mason, he just has a propensity to make fewer mistakes. I think too many people look at him as like a Landry Jones, and that's never been entirely fair. But as you said earlier, is he just a backup quarterback in the league? That's absolutely a fair assessment too, and that's that's where he's at right now. I doubt he would get a chance. The only way he's getting a chance to start is if he's like on that Rams roster this past year where they have oodles. Ah! oodles and oodles of of injuries and he happens to, or josh dobbs for that matter imagine that yeah. imagine you're tennessee and you draft malik willis in the third round thinking you uh you've been given a gift and then josh dobbs starts ahead in fact i think josh dobbs has a better chance of being a steelers backup quarterback in 2023 even than some of these other names that we've mentioned too just because he's had some experience and maybe he comes back home you never know so uh, yeah i don't i Un unless Mitch really demands that he wants to go somewhere and he may, he may be willing to sit and ride his contract out um, and, and, Ooh, that's and be point. the backup. Do you, you pay know? him? Do you pay him? That's $10 million. Or do you save yeah. 8 million and only pay him to something to be your backup? Or, or do you pay like somebody like Mason 4 million? I'd much rather pay Mason 4 million uh, or Jacoby Brissett or somebody for, but you could probably get, get Josh Dobbs then for pay Mitch 10. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would rather pay somebody for than pay Mitch 10 because it opens up some, some space. But you know, if, if you're not going to find that guy, you know, uh, it's, we, we that's, that's going to play out however it plays out. Um, the Steelers will do the right business moves as they do. The thing is, and, and like I said, this last time around, I don't know what the hell's going to happen this year. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know whether the new Andy and Omar team is going to do some crazy wheeling and dealing, as you said, in the back rooms. Um, I don't know whether it's going to be business as usual for the Pittsburgh Steelers or whether something different could happen. Um, ownership is basically the same, but ownership tends to let football people do football things. And this is a different group of football people. So I don't know what the hell they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. And all fair points, but we know they're not going to have to do anything with uh, a quarterback. They <laughs> so, do not. Yeah. They, they they're safe there. Not. They don't have to blow another pick. They didn't wait like Carolina did and Houston and some of these other teams that now are going to be quarterback needy. And it's also, as it's, it's fortunate and it's lucky for the Steelers that a bunch of these teams last year traded their first round picks anyway, and they weren't in a position to take a quarterback. So there were fewer teams that needed a quarterback. And now there's a lot of teams that once again need it when we're talking about this year's draft possibly being very quarterback rich in uh, maybe even top heavy. Um, how, how, how many you got there? I, I don't know. I'm not talking about how many t quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you this. This is just this for those folks who. It's not really the two percenters because we're not that deep yet, but it's getting closer to the two percenters. The eight percenters are here now. Um, for those who 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 are looking I'd hope forward, there's more than eight percent at the eighteen percent. Maybe but. I'm going to say this is a sneak preview of what mock draft and say. I said it to Joe 
He, I, he never actually read it and responded to it. But I was driving the, him up four hours in my car. I'm not blaming I, you. And, you and, and, done and it he later. had wait, and he had like 80, 80 trades in the first round. Like the, the screen capture was yay long. It was like a, uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls or something. Here's the scenario <laughs> rules for you to, to ponder before I get to it. I will obtain picks one and picks two by trading everything away in the next two drafts. But I'm not allowed to use them. <laughs> I have to move back. Okay. So that's the that's the setup. I will the Steelers will have pick one and pick two. They'll have them both, but they can't use them. They have to trade back. And that's how mock drafts uh insanity is going to play out this year. I got I, I I hear you, my friend. Let's um let's look real quick at this year's draft class and how comfortable maybe we would have felt with okay, they, they pass on Kenny Pickett. The Steelers are not making the playoffs if they ride with Trubisky and or Mason Rudolph. I oh god, if they ride with Trubisky or Mason Rudolph, they're not gonna have a winning record. And probably um they're going 10, to maybe. have a top ten pick. But would you feel more comfortable with uh, I mean, are you gonna get Bryce Young? If you're picking 10th or 11th, this team is not built to, for Bryce Young to be your quarterback. Will Levis, does that make you feel any more comfortable? I feel like Will no, Levis I, I is the next Josh Rosen. As far I don't as know I'm who concerned. the hell, I don't know who the hell that guy is. Kentucky. I mean, I do, but Kentucky. I don't know. It's like SEC, whatever. man. It's the SEC. It's the SEC. I don't care, I don't care SEC. about that guy. CJ Stroud. I'm, I, I told you I was a CJ Stroud fan before. If it's, if it's me and I I would I would have been all in on a stinking this year to pick CJ Stroud. Hundred percent. Would I rather have CJ than Kenny? Yes, I would. Will I say the same thing in three years? I have no idea. <laughs> and that's how it always works, too. That's how it always works. And look how long it took Gito Smith to materialize. There's always that what if. People are like, what if this guy would have played? What if that guy would have played? And it's funny that they were saying it with Brock Purdy. Whereas, you know, that's that was my like whole case with Mason Rudolph is like the what if. But when you don't have that uh, sort of like the, that diagram that blows out all the corners of the circle or whatever, I don't know what they call that diagram, but it's all your measurables at the combine and your height and the size of your hand. The size of Kenny Pickett's hands is what terrified everybody. And it's Kenny two gloves. You know what I mean? And Bur well, Burrow, it was just like, OK, we're taking Burrow regardless. But he had a knock on that, too. Uh, and Kenny plays for Pitt. If Kenny Pickett put up those numbers for uh, name one of these ACC, SEC, or maybe even a Big Ten school, like if he would have put up those numbers for LSU, like or Clemson, um, you don't think I'd say Alabama too. I don't know how I feel about Alabama quarterbacks all the time, kind of like Ohio State quarterbacks, to be completely honest, but uh, give or take. So you know you got Jalen Hurts, but then you got Tua. So. You know, but I think that would have been his draft pedigree would have been a lot higher than what it ended up being because he came out of Pitt. Well, he Pitt was older. He was an of, older quarterback in in relative terms than some of these other guys. So you know that there's just, there's a couple of things that yeah that we're going to knock him down and the pedigree of the competition and the school he played for. Right, it mm -hmm. wasn't a school that was was competing for a national championship year in and year out yeah, but they won um, the acc though i mean i had to count for something but then again you know um you could say the same thing when you're looking at like a big 12 quarterback too and they talk about well that's yeah. all they do there's no defense in the big 12 and and, and you know you got to just accept like there is a reasonable expectation that the steelers had uh a, you know a ace in the hole by having this kid basically in their backyard 
for four years or however long he was there, right? They knew they knew Kenny Pickett better than they knew any other quarterback in that draft, without a doubt. And yeah. if they knew that they liked him and they knew that 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 was their guy, if he was there, then great. Um, I'm willing to, after seeing him this year and seeing that there is there is something there with this kid, right? I don't know whether it's going to translate long term. I don't know whether it's a one year flash, but he's got he's got something. And so I'm I'm perfectly content to to ride with this. I also would have been perfectly content to not have them pick him and to pick CJ Stroud this year. <laughs> if they would have been high enough, eh? it's yeah, I don't even know if top no 5. Guarantee that. What I wouldn't have been happy about is let's say that they end up at like 8 or 9 and then they have to give up another first rounder to move up to 2 3 to get seat. No, then I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, um, that's exactly where I'm at too, Brian. It's what you know. What will it take? A lot of people are they're looking at. Will the Colts move up in order to make a move with like the Chicago Bears? Would the Bears move on from Justin Fields? Will they admit maybe was Fields a mistake? Was he overdrafted? Uh, there's all kind of questions like that. What does Houston do? Did they take a guy? Uh, I mean, the Colts yes. are sitting there at four. Seattle's at five. <laughs> Seattle to be. The Colts oh, yeah. and and the Colts and the Texans are going to draft quarterbacks. Yeah, they End should. Of my story. They are going to draft quarterbacks. I believe the Bears will trade out of that first pick, um, or they'll take Jalen Carter. One of the two things will happen, or maybe one of the edge guys. They'll either draft a high defensive guy, one of the one of the guys who is just an absolute almost no brainer, even though there is really no true no brainers in in NFL drafting. Um, or but you're talking about like a, I don't even know, is there, would you put like a Will Anderson in the same category as yeah. like a, a Clowney or a Garrett as number one overall, possibly, uh, or even going possibly. last year, but yes. you know, Trayvon possibly. Walker, uh, yeah. Jalen Carter guys. or Will Anderson is, are, the, are where I think the Bears will go if they're still there, right? Yeah. Uh, my expectation is that they will draft back and somebody like the Colts or some other quarterback needy team will come up and take Bryce Young. Um, I don't think CJ will be in play at one, um, but I do think he'll be a top 10 pick. I think probably that whatever Levi Wallace guy that you were talking about. No, uh, not Levi Wallace. Will, Will Levis, who's supposed Levis, to. Levis Willis, whatever his name is, he'll probably go somewhere higher than he should. But Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and a buddy of mine. That's because he's got all the measurables and intangibles, and I understand maybe – Maybe he was playing a little hurt or something like that. I watched him struggle against my alma mater, Youngstown State, in the game, and that wasn't very pretty. Uh, so I mean, that's not. But you look at you look at who's in the pecking order of the draft. Okay, yes or no? Do they need a quarterback? Chicago Bears? No, not not no. necessarily. Not, or you could even say maybe. Maybe. Texans, I'll go with a maybe. Yes. Texans? Yes. Yes. Um, Cardinals? No. No. Colts? Yes. Yes. That's two yeses. Seahawks? Maybe. Probably. But I don't think they go that direction. I think they'll ride another year with Gino. Yeah, and I, I think that's completely fair. I think that's completely yeah. uh, a safe thought because if they completely suck, then they'll be in that top part of the draft again, and they could fill up a lot of different positions there. And, you know, maybe they go uh, defense themselves. Uh, Detroit Lions, yes, no. no. Jared Goff, Jared Goff's showing out, so I think no, they're fine. They I think they're comfortable. Right Their right. offense, et cetera, et cetera. They've got to go. Raiders. Yes, yes, probably. Yeah, unless Absolutely. they sign somebody, and I don't know who's available to sign. Uh, I don't even care. There's nobody to sign that's worth signing. Yeah, they Fal need one. Falcons. Yes. Uh, Panthers. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For more than likely, unless I roll with Powell. How many yeses is that? Five or six in the top ten? Yeah. And, and guess what? That's why mock draft insanity is going to be insane. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I didn't even get into Anthony Richardson, Tanner McKee, um, Hendon, Hendon Hooker, Aiden O'Connell. Like People are going to try and force, as they do every year, for one of these dudes to be like in the top 10, like the, the guy from Purdue here, Aiden O'Connell. And he's probably going to go like fifth or sixth round at best. If he could, we might go undrafted altogether. So your quarterbacks are completely dried up by the time the Steelers are on the board this season. That's why the Kenny Pickett thing makes more sense at pick 20. Cause at pick 17 this year, you're going to have three, four, five quarterbacks completely fly fly, fly, fly off the rails. We didn't even talk about in the one draft that Jalen Hurts ended up going second round, like pick 52 or whatever, but that's okay. Uh, we're kind of, we're almost up against it. I was reading some of uh, Bob Labriola's asked and answered, and it's usually, it's got the smart ass tone that it usually does have. And people were asking questions. One guy asked, what will he do this year for the Steelers? Are there any special plans for their 90th anniversary? He's like, yes, but you already missed it. It was last year. <laughs> It's you know what? And that's funny because um you can kind of see it right out of the corner here. I got I got the 90th thing sitting over there. So anyways, uh Brian, it was posed. The question was posed between uh Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger. Can you rank the Steelers quarterbacks in order of how you feel? The, 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 the just order them. I and I didn't give a specific number, but there were four only that really get or merit any mention. mention. And one of them we can't one of even, them I can't talk about. No, the one of them we shall not name. No, stop that. <laughs> we can picture oh, my eyes. We my can eyes. show, we can ah. show, we can show number 14 <laughs> rhymes with that O'Connell. Uh, but that's one of them. There's Mark Malone. There was, um, uh Cordell Stewart Cordell, is an, is another one and that might be uh I guess we could put Bubby in there. Maybe. Bubby had a couple fun years. Yeah, cuz you know. you're who else would you you're not going to put Kent Graham in this list. Oh, you're no. not you're not going to be able to put like Michael Vick for a couple games one year or Landry Jones no. a handful no. Rudolph Duck. I don't think I don't even think in that they're in that category of Mark Malone who at least they got no, to an AFC not. title game. Yeah. with Mark Malone. And Mark Malone still had some, he had some guys to hand the ball off to and throw to and stuff before the wheels completely yes. fall off the team. So, uh, I, I want me to give you mine first, or do you want to? Sure, wanna yeah, go, go, go for it. You want me to go for it? I'll go for yeah, it. Yeah, go I'm, for it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little froggy. I think it's funny where Labs put these. Well, <laughs> and you going to show or are you going to wait until uh, after? Uh, I, 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 I will show. Uh, give me a minute. I will end up pulling it up, but I, I'm going to have to go with. I think Cordell, I think Cordell gets my top out of the four. And then I probably put oh, not including Bradshaw and Roethlisberger. No, 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 oh, no. Okay. It's just already uh, I assumed. thought it was a full ranking. Like is Ben better than Terry or Terry better than Ben? And then the rest of them. Okay. No, now no, I no, 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 a little better. no, just might, these I, four. Just I might these have four. should have had to read the thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I assume you usually, uh, you're usually on top of these things, man. So yeah. Um, <laughs> And it, and it was, and people were asking about uh, statistics and stuff between like, you know, how does Kenny compare to, you know, Ben or anybody else? And that's another time for another day or whatever. I don't feel like getting into that, but the, between these four, I think I put Cordell first. 
then it gets really difficult. You know, Neil, it, Neil, the Super Bowl kills Neil. Otherwise, Neil was actually effective for the most part. He was more a game manager, like a Trent Dilfer type. He could have lucked his way into a Super Bowl ring or trophy. He left on bad terms. Do you do that kind of like? Does that factor into this whole thing? Um, I guess I would put, I, 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 I didn't actually look, I, I didn't read the whole answer actually by labs, except that I noticed that one guy wasn't number one. <laughs> so, um, but Cordell's my number one. And I guess I would go maybe, maybe Malone, Neil, and then Brister. It's really hard for me to say there. Cause at least in O'Donnell, O'Donnell's era, they made some play, they made play, playoff games. They won playoff games. They nearly, uh, won a Super Bowl. They, had, they were in Super Bowl 30. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's where I'm at. I'm curious to see what you think. All right. Uh, first of all, damn you for cursing us this year by mentioning he who shall not be named multiple times by name. We're screwed. Something terrible is going to happen. I, I feel defeated and doomed already. Um, wait, but- wait, wait. The, the way we cleanse our, the way we cleanse ourselves of that is, we show, we show a photo of Cordell Stewart. We get Slash in there, and then uh, okay. all, all is absolved. I think the football gods no, will look upon work, us more favorably by expunging. We have a bad year. It's your fault. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this this is how I, I actually agree with you. I'd put Cordell first. Um, I you know Cordell wasn't the best, but he was exciting. Um, I think if Cower had the moxie to use him earlier at what he was doing. Maybe he grows faster uh, than he did, but I mean, he had ups is down. He was never going to be the guy long-term, but he was excited. I'll put, so I'm putting Cordell first uh, as well. Um, It's not a hard argument for me to be putting he who shall not be named third because honestly, or, or second, because honestly he's, he probably deserves to be there, um, but I'm not Ooh, naming his Was damn that like name. going to the dentist where they say we're going to remove your yeah. back teeth? This is this is like <laughs> I am I'm I using am, a horse and carriage to pull. I am <laughs> I'm holding back what's coming up by having to say that. Okay, um, and, and then yeah, there you go. Hey, <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady's going to leave it. Going to make me throw up. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm just. I, if I could find only like one more thing that would really get under your skin, um, maybe I'll just mention the taint again. We're in the taint oh, of the God, football season. <laughs> so we're not quite there with the Super Bowl's the biggest thing. So you're you're rounding the corner though. Yeah. Um then it like I don't know. I I don't know whether I would put Mark Malone above Bubby Brister or not. I guess I kind of have to. He played longer, I think, overall. I'd have to look back and see. Um, he did have that title game and, and Bubby was just fun, but he was never good. Yeah. <laughs> Bubby, Bubby, Bubby took the brunt of most of my early football watching Bubby years was a better version of duck Hodges. <laughs> you know what? That's actually a really, um, I gotta bring up some Bubby stats. What was Bubby like seven years in the Berg and Bubby Brister, Let's see. He he had 61 games, 57 of them starting, 28-29 as a starter, 52 and a half percent completion percentage 
uh, during his time with the Steelers. Not really like lifetime. He was 54.6. He did just a little bit better. He had stints with the uh, the Eagles next uh, year with the Jets that I, I solidly remember uh, because that was like really the last year he really got some starts. And I think he ended up in Denver just by virtue of somebody else uh, getting, getting hurt, or I, I forget what the situation was there. Uh, but he had a very, he had a very long career in the NFL. He played 13 seasons. So, I mean, it's not, uh, nothing yep. to see 14 seasons. I'm sorry. Uh, but he only, um, he threw for over 10,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, the to 57, uh, picks. So that's, uh, you know, those are, those aren't numbers those to are, write home about, but, um, what do you call it? Those are journeyman numbers. Those are a backup quarterback who is forced to start numbers. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And I was going to bring up good old uh, Mark Malone in this. Uh, yeah, come on. There's too many Marks in the NFL. As soon as I say uh, I put in Mark, that's like, oh, do yeah. you want to talk about Mark whoever? Mark, Mark, Mark. Just as long as it's not and Mark And then you say Mark okay. Ma, and, I, and I, all I think about is the other yeah, guy who has so, two S's in his name. So I guess, me. I guess Malone, 21 and 24, he's barely a 500 uh, quarterback too. 46 starts, 8,582 yards, 54 touchdowns, 68 interceptions. Maybe maybe I should have looked at this I might, maybe, I, maybe I have to move Bubby up. I don't know. Maybe Malone yeah. is, is – I. I remember being like, oh, my God, Mark Malone is so bad. Um, <laughs> I remember so, that about Bubby, too. So I don't have maybe yeah, as I much mean, of the like, bad memory right, Bubby, with Mark. Bubby had a little – I'm reversing. I'm putting Bubby at three and Mark at four. Okay. All right. He who shall not be named uh, – and I'm not going to name him anymore. Good. Please. Please don't do it anymore. No, Your curses um, for multiple years. I, I won't do it, but uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up his uh, – I'm assuming Bobby made him number one. Um, well, hold on a second. We'll get there. So 39 and 22. So he had a winning record, 12,867 yards, 68 touchdowns and 39 interceptions this time with Pittsburgh. So perhaps, perhaps we're not giving the due credit that we should because oh, you do you remember Bowl 30 and losing to Stan Humphreys the year before and what the 94 AFC title game to the San Diego chargers who were like eight. No, to start that season. Anyway, they weren't necessarily slouches, but it'll forever stick in defensive minded quarterback or, or coach Bill Cowers craw that yeah. they lost to that chargers team and Stan Humphreys. <laughs> yes. Let me, let me just remember several years ago when I did the top, like everybody, like the Mount Rushmore of all Pete positions. Oh, we've for done that. The for, website. Yeah. Mount Rushmore. So this, this is like what, like five years ago now when Malone I wrote open. those, when I actually used to write articles for the what? website. I don't remember uh, a time when that ever happened. Were you uh, under a pen name? No, you're wrong. You're lying. You remember. <laughs> I appreciate your, your former contributions <laughs> and efforts there, Brian. I, I did. I did the Mount Rushmore of positions, right? And and he who shall not be named at that point in time was number third on on that Mount Rushmore. Not because I was happy about it, but because look, based on what his productivity was, he was probably of the era the third best of the group. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm putting Cordell above it because I like Cordell better. Yeah, I like Cord <laughs> uh, Cordell. Cordell revolutionized Cordell in a different era, like today's day and age would just absolutely kill it. Cordell also kind of has the stigma of, um, not, not, uh, showing up in the big games, like throwing a, what, three picks against the yeah. Patriots, the advent of Tom Brady and this, that, and the other thing just kind of threw him aside. He, he made it to the pro bowl. His, his career, uh, is an interesting, uh, career numbers as well. Uh, we pull him up with the Steelers. He had 80 starts, 
46 and 29, uh, 56 and a half percent. Yet another guy who wasn't at 60%. Like all of these guys were not at six. They were not 60% completion guys was Neil. Let me look. I'm pulling Neil back up. No, Neil was underneath too, 57.1. So we go back to Cordell 70 touchdowns to 72 interceptions. Um, but I'm sure he didn't take a whole lot of sacks. He was a mobile guy. And yep. it's kind of interesting. So let me let me bring up. Um, oh man, you know what? I I totally lost. I got to find um, Bob Leverell's Bob, article. Bobby's again. article. Yeah, I had it up. Give me a second again to uh, just get it loaded up here and find uh, where this was asked. So somebody had asked him, "How would you rank the um, the four quarterbacks drafted between Terry Bradshaw and Ben Roethlisberger, who started at least three seasons?" So there's the kicker there uh, because there might be somebody in between there. Well, there definitely is somebody in between there that shouldn't be mentioned. And Lab says uh, he would rank them Brister, Stewart, Mark Malone, and then Neil O'Donnell. So Brister's first because he wanted to win more than he cared about statistics. My suspicion is that attitude would have served the Steelers well in both a 94 AFC championship game lost to San Diego and in Super Bowl 30 loss to Dallas. I did I swear to God I didn't read this beforehand. Like those the, those just that's embedded and burned into your brain if you were alive to live live that specific era. Uh, There's no question about it. I yeah. watched that I watched that Super Bowl sitting next to a Cowboy fan who was a friend of mine. I know, you know, see just to prove that I can be friends with almost anyone. Um <laughs> That, uh, you know, and even he looked at me and went, I almost feel bad because you guys should have won this game. <laughs> this, is, this is still, this right here is uh, my house divided sign. Brown Steelers is proof that I could be friends and unfortunately also family with some people that don't think uh, in lockstep with me. Unfortunately, uh, it'd be a lot, a hell of a lot easier if they were Steelers fans. So, uh, then, uh, then I have more people to party and tailgate and go to games with, but anyways, uh, Stewart second, because he was a dynamic two-way quarterback in an era when offensive coordinators wanted to turn those guys into pocket passers. Malone's third, because in his only season where he had a pair of dynamic receivers, this was a rookie season for Lewis lips and a still spry 32 year old John, John Stallworth. Yes. Yeah, through 16 touchdown passes, led the NFL with, I didn't know this, 14 and a half yard average per completion on the way to an AFC championship game where he passed for 312 yards and three touchdowns in a shootout loss to Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins. That puts Neil fourth because, well, he posted a 39 and 22 record with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers as a regular season starter. He was three and four and seven starts in the playoffs. The 95 Steelers had a great defense and enough offense to complement it. But in three games that postseason, O'Donnell threw for three touchdowns, six interceptions and a rating of 61.6. It shouldn't be necessary to point out at this point that uh, those are my own highly subjective rankings. So as the cool kids say, don't at me. <laughs> Does he have a Twitter? Uh, I'm going to add uh, him and tell him I don't know wrong. if I've ever seen a tweet from Bob Labriola, to be I, honest I, with you. I, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm here with you on the same. So, uh, uh, folks, uh, um, two percenters that might be left or whoever may have still less listened, be curious to hear your comments. I don't know. Let me, let me rethink that now. Yeah, I don't think Bubby gets enough love. Like, yeah, I put Bubby last even behind Malone. Maybe Malone I, should be I'm last. Still, I'm well, still Malone, my one. Malone probably should be last. I, I yeah. did, Didn't I switch that? Didn't I put Bubby above Malone? And didn't I rethink it? I yeah, you were rethinking something, so I was just kind of yeah. reiterating my position. Now I think I'm I think I'm going with Cordell one. I, I still am going Cordell, he who shall not be named, Bubby and and Malone. 
I'm in um, agreement with that. Two thumbs up. I, I mean, Bubby may have had a better desire to win. And like I said, he was fun and he was a guy you liked. But yeah, he wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, at that same time, that was um, that's an era where the Steelers still finished behind the Cleveland Browns and hasn't happened since Bubby Brister's left a good 33 uh, and ongoing years of not being in the basement. Right. So, of so the our, our resident North. Uh, Browns fan will then put Bubby one, right? Yeah. Well, but <laughs> Bubby, yeah, Bubby would probably be his favorite. Now you go and rank all the guys that have, um, do they even have guys that started at least three seasons in Cleveland since Kozar, maybe Vest Testa Verde. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just hit low now. You just <laughs> Um, man, I mean, you can pull out guy from Notre Dame. Uh, Oh, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. No, not that one. The earlier one. (laughs) Not that one. (laughs) (laughs) The one that, the one that we beat in a, in a bowl game with Ohio state. Uh, Um, I mean, you're, you're going to have to go back like they do to like when men were off at war and they were winning championships, you're going to be talking about like, Guys like oh, Otto I, Graham. I can't, and, and I can't talk about it. I'm not that damn old. Brian, <laughs> Brian, Brian Sipe or something. They're going to have to uh, bring up some names I like that. I can't remember that guy's name. He was like, he was the flavor of the, of the week when he got drafted. Uh, Why can't I? I usually I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with um, my, um, my, my uh, trivia or knowledge of some of these things. And I'm, I'm drawing a couple. Oh, oh, I know who it is now. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Thank you yes. very much. Yes. Yeah. AJ Hawk uh, and the and the Ohio State defense did not make Brady Quinn a happy man. Uh, let me tell you, my, I, I talk about one of my best friends. Uh, his nickname's Double E. He won't be watching this show because he's a tried and true Browns fan. He's a football nut. He'll probably go there having some of these games in Canton again, USFL. Uh, he was at the World Series of Football when it was at the Hall of Fame. Uh, very good friend of mine. We talk football. He's not a big Kenny Pickett fan. He said Kenny Pickett's ceilings case Keenum. Seldom is he wrong about some of these things. Like he really wanted Derek Carr a few years ago when the Browns were drafted. He hated Whedon, but the one guy he absolutely miserably dumped on, and he wanted Josh Allen too. I'll give him credit for that. And when we talk football, he hated, and I mean hated Brady Quinn. He said, no way. And I will never forget that for the life of me. He was all out on Brady Quinn. Now I, feel I laughed like- my butt off when they drafted Brady Quinn. Yeah, I, I feel somewhat insulted of his comments towards Kenny Pickett, and I don't think that's necessarily a fair – he's giving him a fair shake. Uh, he's got a little bit of the bias goggles on too, and you know, he I, refuses to comment about Watson whatsoever at this point. Like, like well, Mayfield, that's a wise choice. Like Mayfield better than most of the other field wanted Allen, and he hated the guys before it, like Manziel and et cetera, Kaiser and, you know, uh, just – Keep going. Whedon. We only named like most of the first rounders. We didn't get into some of the other Jason Campbell and some of these other guys that ended up playing there at one point. Uh, Brian Hoyer, Colt McCoy. So yeah, Steelers could have it much worse. Did the Steelers dodge a bullet by drafting Kenny Pickett last season? I think this episode completely contained our answer to that. Brian, my friend, thank you for joining me, joining us once again. It's always fun doing the off season shows. Uh, stay, Stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel next week, right? Absolutely. We will uh we'll get the draft. Well, not next week. I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in Nashville. So Ooh. I'm out next week. I'm gonna be in Nashville. Um man, if but, I wasn't uh, already traveling, I'd go meet you down there. I need to get down to Music City, man. I have that's a trip that I got canceled not, due to COVID. Look, look, I gotta tell you a little story. All right, so 
I got the honky talk. The honky talk. For the two percenters. Look, you know, here's a, here's a little story. Uh, I, at where I where I do my work work, um, I I was asked to lead a group, and I, I was given options like, can you go bowling? Do you want to go ice skating? Uh, I can't bowl because I got a bad shoulder. Ice skating, I just fall down. I'm not doing that. Uh, do you want to do something else at, outside? Sure, I'll go hiking. I'll do a lot of other things. Do you want to go to an arcade? Sure, I'll do that. Or do you want to go on a tour? Now, a tour, I said, sure, I'll do what you want me to do. You want me to take people on a tour? I'll take them on a tour. So they, I get an email from work, and they said, okay, you are taking uh, everyone in your group to the Country Music Hall of Fame. And I said, why do you hate me? Why do you? I said, look at me. Look at me. Am I a country music guy? Is this a country music guy? <laughs> like, I hate country music more than I hate wow i like are you kidding me and they're like oh we didn't know that i'm like i i do product demos of of the of the software that i work that have shine down as the damn <laughs> soundtrack I'm like come on i am not a country music guy and so they're like well i'm like i'm a team player do what you want me to do but you know this this hurts me. It hurts me that you did this to me, but whatever. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is a leader of men right there, and and women. It's a leadership position right there. If you only you had a little bit more stroke, you could have just went and gave your middle fingers again up in Cleveland, the first energy when you were already up there <laughs> to see the 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 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Which for explain that to me, and I'm not the biggest country music guy. But you've got like, and, and not that against that, they deserve awards. Like, let's say um, uh, N uh, NWA or somebody like that. You've got rappers that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm like, it's well, not shoot, really man, they put Dolly Parton in roll. this year. I know, I know. I was going to mention her Whatever. a second there, too. And it's like, it's kind of like almost just like a music Hall of Fame. But then you also have a country music Hall of Fame. So you're not going to see like Snoop Dogg in the country music Hall of Fame. Um, but you, you could very well see, um, what's his name? Darius Rucker and Hootie and the Blowfish. I don't think they're a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame worthy, but he's somebody that would actually be in both kind of fields there or somebody like that or uh, I don't know. Could you throw somebody else in there, like a Billy Ray Cyrus, maybe, or because he did a little popish type stuff? I don't... Yeah, well, it's... breaking my ass. No, that's not even his worst. His worst contribution to the world is probably Miley. Miley? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, on that note, as we're going to be yanked off the air by uh, C and D's, uh, <laughs> Brian. Enjoy yourself as best you can, though. Like I had Nashville and Denver both canceled during the COVID year. Those are both on my bucket list. I'll get there. I finally got to St. Louis, so I do a lot of a lot of traveling, and I'll have another trip, hopefully, to warmer I'm gonna get, climate I'm going to get me some hot chicken. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. Nashville Give me some hot chicken while I'm there. And I, Nashville hot. You know, we were, t we were still talking about that as to whether or not does Cleveland actually have, like, a, a delicacy. Like, we're talking about the rest of the AFC North. you got, like, crab cakes, and we can go to Maryland. Lake, you got e Lake Erie Fish? Yeah, I don't know. They were talking about the Polish boy, which is not the same as a Po boy. And I, I'm just like, you know, I've been to Cleveland uh, many, various many times and I've, been, I've dated people and I've practically lived in Cleveland at periods of time of my life staying up there. And that was just something that's eluded me over the years. Like I knew about the panini sandwiches and stuff, which is basically uh, just Can I tell you this story? of um, there's another story for the two yeah, percenters. I'll tell you right this story. One more. So I'm, I'm out of I, I've left college and I'm looking for a job. Right. 
I get an interview in Cleveland. I'm living in Dayton at the time. Uh, I drive up to Cleveland, do the interview. Um, and they're like, walk around the city, see what you think. And, and uh, I get out, I walk around downtown Cleveland for a little while. I walk back there like, we'd like to offer you the job. I went, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm out. It's like, I ain't living here. The hell with this. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, I, I was just telling somebody myself in my own uh, personal, well, real life work environment, just about like Cleveland and like affect snow and you just don't want any part of it. It's uh, it's a whole different world when you're up in the northeastern part of Ohio and and same thing when you're getting up into Erie and somebody's like, why don't you like Erie? I'm like, there's nothing against Erie other than the snow. It's basically Buffalo Junior. Like I, I will say, I will say, despite my salute to uh, First Energy Stadium or whatever the hell it's called, um, I factory of sadness. Cleveland. It's it's officially the factory of sadness. Yeah, I I officially found Cleveland much more appealing now than it was back in the day. I mean, we're talking about the let the river on fire years. So Cuyahoga, you know, yeah, got out got out of control. I hear the, the, the river. Yeah. What the hell do you live where a river catches fire? Just another like. It's not good. You know what I've called, you know what I've called Cleveland of the just people might find this funny. I don't intend to actually mean it, but I, for the longest time I've called it the Baghdad Iraq of the United States. Uh, but Cleveland really from saying that they turned a lot of things around. They got a lot of nice stuff going on there. Much so, nicer, I, much nicer place. If yeah. I had that interview today, I still couldn't live there because I can't, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I but hear you, but ever. I, that Ever since they built the, the arena and the ballpark, the down. yeah, when they when they built the new ballpark, which was Jacobs Field, now Progressive, and the, the what is it now, Rocket Loans Mortgage was the Gund Arena years ago. You, Richfield Coliseum wasn't downtown. That helped like revitalize that downtown area, so that was kind of nice. But still, there isn't anything I think about like, oh, I'm going to you know I'm going to Chicago. You know what I mean? Like, you get a Chicago dog, or you go to New York, or you go Chicago to Philly. Pizza. Yeah, Chicago pizza, New York pizza, Philly cheesesteak, uh, St. Louis barbecue, or Kansas City barbecue, or St. Louis toasted ravioli, or you know, get a po' boy if you're down in Louisiana. Uh, like, never, never heard about no toasted ravioli. Yeah. Oh, toasted ravioli is the is the shizzle, man. You've got to check that out too. Uh, I'm not going to St. Louis to help right. that. Yeah, you can find it somewhere. <laughs> you could probably find it somewhere else. But I digress. We're up against it, folks. Hey, I wouldn't have mind hearing about some but some folks' culinary. Uh, preferences there. There's a lot of stuff around. And Charles, and yeah, Charles, 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 tell us what the hell the food from Cleveland is. Yeah, okay, Charles, uh, please don't, don't lie to us. Don't say it's the Polish boy. I'd still because you know why I'm a Polish boy. That's why I don't buy it. I would have seen that and I would have been like, nah, 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 nah. it's like this concussion with kibasi and whatever. And I'm like, that doesn't sound unique to Cleveland. That's the kind of food I would like to try. And I don't ever remember going. The thing I like to do in Cleveland is the Winking Lizard Tavern. And uh, even that, I think they closed the one that was downtown. So that was, that's kind of a little heartbreaking, but I digress. We're up, we've been well on up against it. If you have listened this far, thank you for supporting Steel City Underground. My name's Joe Kuzma. His name is Brian E. Roach. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, or send us your hate mail. That also works as well. Uh, <laughs> until next time, we encourage everyone out there to be safe, be good, and we'll catch you later. We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com.